Good morning again, guys. Hey, I got some bad news. I'm not going to be the one speaking today. Much better. Much better than earlier. Much better. But I am going to bring up Miss Morgan. But I'm going to talk, talk with her for a second before we get going. Okay. She left and then she came back. <laughs> she almost walked out. You guys are almost got stuck with me. Okay, so that's your mute. But okay, so because I need to ask you a question. Okay, I didn't spend anywhere near as much time in Thailand as she did. She was there what year and a half, two years, something like that. Okay, but like nine years ago, so this is like so unrelevant anymore. When I went over, there was a layover in Tokyo on the way, and on the way back. And the one thing I found in Tokyo while I was hanging out in Tokyo is they have multiple flavors that we have never heard of with Kif Kats. Like 15 or 20 like different ones, okay? Most of them I have never heard of or would never eat. <laughs> I will say that. Where, where were we that all the potato chips were fish flavored? Was that Kazakhstan when we got Emily? Yeah. So sometimes that's fun to travel. But they did have strawberry and I got hooked on strawberry. To the point that when Katie was over there, when she was going, coming home, stopped by Tokyo, get me strawberry Kit Kats, and, and that always has been. So Morgan was kind enough to get me Kit Kats. So she got me one, two, three bags of Kit Kat. The, isn't it nice? But the question is, Morgan, did you get me three bags of Kit Kats? No. How many Kit Kats did you give me? Four. Miss Katie, can I borrow you for a second? So Morgan told me this, and I was like, where is the third bag? And she said, well, Katie made an off-the-cuff like, comment about maybe that she only got me three bags. And so trying to give redemption to Katie, after I know this fact, I say to Miss Katie, do you remember how many bags that Morgan got me? Was it three or four? And she said, three. Three. <laughs> You're in detention for five minutes. We know what happened. You can't so, get out of it. Nope, you can't get out of it. You I'm did just it. saying, she did get him three bags. She also got him another one, but then she re-gifted it to me because she said I could have one. And so now, nope. there were three bags. So she did get him three bags. I did not lie. <laughs> Detention, go, go. It's be, it was, that was the delivery fee. That was the delivery fee? Yes, <laughs> that's what she said. We'll give her some, we'll give her some grace on uh, lying and theft. Did you eat them, Katie? Detention. Were they good? Nora has eaten them. Oh, Nora. Noah has eaten them? You've had, you've had... Before. She, you didn't even open a bag yet. No, because I was waiting for this moment. <laughs> I, need, I needed my evidence. Yeah, anyways. But I've known since you came home, you, all, you and Noah. Anyways, hey, I want to pray, pray with Morgan and then I'm going to get out of the way as she shares. Dearly Father, thank you for this opportunity to have my sister here. Uh, we have been so blessed to be able to watch her journey in you from afar and to be able to 
be a small part of that, um, Father, th through the support of this church family. And we just know that, Father, that you're going to continue to use her and the, the, the transition she's in right now and the plans that you're moving her to into the future, Father. As prayer, you put a ring protection around her, her fiancé, Father, her ministry, and just uh, as we get a peek into her testimony today, that it also encourages us to open our hearts up more and more into missions, not just afar, but the mission fields we're in every day, and to be able to see things from your perspective instead of our own. And we pray this in your son's precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Tom. I, I asked him, how long do I have? And he said, there's no clock in this church. I went, oh, no. <laughs> I'm like, that's, he said that, not me. <laughs> I told him, I was like, I can talk a lot, so I will try to talk fast. Can you guys hear me okay? Okay. I was like, I would try to talk clear, I hope. But um, with the Kit Kat thing, I will say, though, they came out with in Thailand a Kit Kat ice cream cheese bar. I couldn't do it. Cheese. It was, it's a Kit Kat cheese ice cream bar. And I was like, if I eat that, I love cheese. I was like, if I eat that, that will cure me from wanting to eat cheese. So I didn't eat it. <laughs> but they do have just really weird flavors and then really good ones. So I'm glad I was able to to find the strawberry for Pastor Tom because of COVID. Because <laughs> of COVID, there was like a lot of shortages of things too. So uh, I thank the Lord for that. So I was going to open up a little bit speaking in Thai. So I will go ahead and say, And I said, good morning. It's good to be in the house of the Lord today at church. Um, I'm happy to see each and every one of you. God is good all the time. So I just wanted to open up. I know Katie probably recognizes. She knows a lot of Thai. She, she does. And being over there, I can actually, I pick it up listening more, and then I'll respond back in English. So <laughs> that's what I like to do. <laughs> but first of all, I just want to say it's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. It's so great to see each and every one of you. I've been home now for three months. And, um, you know, and so actually my hardest thing still so far is driving on the right side of the road. That is something I did not think was going to be a problem for me at all. And then I don't know, I don't, I don't understand why. Yesterday I had a, a literally a panic attack. I was like, they're on my side. Where am I supposed to go? And I'm like, oh my goodness, Morgan, I'm on the right. <laughs> so I was just yelling at this person like, why are you on this? Why are you in this lane? Like, where am I supposed to turn? So yeah, you guys need to pray for me <laughs> while driving because it is a miracle I made it here this morning. But I think what's hard for me, though, lately is that it has really become a reality that I have moved back. You know, that I am actually, this isn't a visit. Um, I cry a lot, too. <laughs> I'm trying not to cry. But, and sometimes, you know, it's hard because I wake up and I think I'm going to be there and I'm not. You know, and so it's been really hard on me lately. <laughs> I want to go back to my apartment. <laughs> I know Katie and I lived in the same place, same duplex apartment, Ratara Chuan Chuan Mansion. And so I loved it over there with the security guards. They were great people. And, um, you know, and I loved my scooter. I loved my scooter that you guys actually really blessed me with. I'll get, I'll show you guys pictures later. 
Um, but this morning, I wanted to share with you just my life in Thailand. When I started and where I am now, um, some, like in this town, some people have known me since I was four years old, and some people just met me today. So, you know, so it, it's just, you know, a big variety. So I'm going to start from the beginning, but I'll try to make it quick. But that's why I titled it When God Says Go, because this is how it all started. But I just want to say before I start this that I am no greater than the, than the drug addict down the street. I am no greater than any random person you see. You know, I'm just someone who just loves the Lord and just wants to be used of God just as much as you do. And so as I start that, I just want you guys to know every single one of you has a purpose. Every single one of you has a plan in this world. You're here for a reason, and God has you right where he wants you to be ministered to and to minister to others. So I lived my life for God in Thailand. I lived my life for God in America, and I'm going to live my life wherever God has for me. And so my identity is not where I am or what I am doing, and that is something that I have a really hard time with and struggle with, but God's working on me with it, you know, because I am a doer and I am a people pleaser, but my identity is not in what I do. Your identity is not in what you do, you know, and you have to really think about that. You know, we have to take away what we do. Take it away. It's all materialistic. You know, strip it all away. What are you left with? You're just left with him. You know, we're, we're left with souls. And so when you have, but when you have on earth is just yours and you're left with God, you're left with, you're left with nothing. You know, all you have is Christ. So it's so important that our lives, that whatever we do, whatever we do in this life, we just do it in his name. You know, we find that Colossians 3.17, we do it all unto the Lord. And so your, your identity is in who Christ is. You know, I, we're nothing without Christ. We really are nothing without him. So, yes, I lived a really different life, you know, and I'm so blessed and sometimes just blown away and amazed that by the grace of God, I was allowed to go to Thailand to do mission work and ministry there for the Lord called me into missions and he answered my prayer. And then the Lord called me home, and he answered my prayer that way. And now I'm going to be getting married. I thought I was going to get married really young and then do mission work together, but I didn't. I went off by myself, and then the Lord called me home, and now I'm getting married. So it happened pretty quick. <laughs> but I thank the Lord that his ways are not my ways, you know, and, and my thoughts are not his thoughts. He knows me better than I know myself. And so even though, yes, I really do miss it, I know the Lord has more plans down the road. And so I have to say mission work looks like in people's eyes and really everyone's eyes though is you go to another country and you tell other people about Jesus, right? You know, and so which is which is correct, but what no one tells you is that when you're on a mission field, the entire time it's just for God to just strip you of your flesh and then mold you, and then just strip you again of everything you've known, and then just mold you into what he wants you to become, and that he wants you to become so dependable on him, you know, and just, he just takes everything away, and you're left there, and sometimes you feel really, really alone, but that's when you feel Christ the most. And so, you'll see pictures, I'm going to show you on here, you'll see pictures of me on Facebook, 
yes, it looks like I live a glamorous life, <laughs> but Bangkok does have amazing things. It has amazing cafes, amazing places to go. But what people don't understand is the filth or the roaches you have to live with or the smells or you'll just walk into a 12-story beautiful mall. You walk out of it and there's just homeless people in shelters on the street, you know, and so like it just really just breaks your heart and then people don't see the times where you're out past midnight trying to help your drunk friend home or you're trying to minister to people through messages. They just show up at your doorstep, you know, and so those are the things you don't post about. You don't show about because that is what you're there for. You're there for ministry. And so um, people don't see the times when I actually struggled financially with money. I didn't have mo- I didn't have gas money to get to work. And I was like, Lord, what am I going to do? And I prayed for $3, which is 100 baht, to fill up my scooter. And I put my hand in my pocket. I never put cash in my pocket. Pulled out 100 baht. Like, God just really supplies every single need when you're there. I just thought of Peter when when he just pulled out the money, the coin out of the fish's mouth, you know. Thank God he didn't have me do that. But (laughs) but, uh, there's a lot of fish there. But, you know, the Lord just always provides. So remember, a picture is worth a thousand words. It really is. But they don't tell the whole story. And so I made a slideshow today of some pictures so you can see what I'm talking about to get just a small glimpse of my life. And so when God says go, is because this is when it all happened. And God called me. Actually, God called me to missions when I was 13 years old. I felt called to, to missions, and I would tell people, and they would say, yeah, but what real job do you want? You know, and I'm just like, as I was raised in church my whole life. My dad's actually a pastor. And I'm like, why would you tell a, a kid that? If, or anyone, if they say, I want to do missions, it's like, yeah, but what really do you want to do? It's like, we don't, you know, it's not like a realistic thing anymore. And so just, and if someone says that, just encourage them. Be like, that's great. Go tell people about Jesus. You don't have to go across the world. You know, you have neighbors that need to know about the Lord too. You have people in the drive through you know. And so um, I'm going to start off with 2017 on my slideshow right there. The harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. When I was um, in the jungle, we were there stuck. The people behind us were stuck in the truck. Actually, I think that was Amber. Were you stuck in the truck in the river? Yeah, because I went on a mission trip with Amber in 2017. They were stuck. That was the Lord, though, even though you guys were going through stuff. But <laughs> you guys were stuck in the, in the river in the truck, and we were, like, up, up ahead. And in 2017, that's where our truck was stopped. And I just looked out in that field, and God spoke to me and said, How many people do you see out in that field? And I said, None, Lord. And he said, The harvest is... The harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Will you give me one year here? And I just was like, oh, my goodness. So I hurried. I turned on my phone. I took a picture of the field to, to remember this moment, and we drove away. And the whole time I was there in Thailand for two months, I struggled because I was like, there's no way I can spend a year here by myself. And then so next year, 2018, we're just going to say it took me a year to surrender and go, so we'll skip that year. <laughs> and so it was a struggle. But and then in 2019, I did go for the whole year. I worked at the church, universities, teaching English, using God's word. It really was amazing. We went to the jungle several times, and then we were in Bangkok in the universities. Teaching college students really got me out of my comfort zone. I love kids. 
I love little kids. You can be really dumb with little kids, you know, be like silly and things. And with college students, I felt like I had to be really professional. But then once I started and I actually built a friendship with them and not acting like a teacher, but just being like, hey, I'm here to help you guys. It just, the Lord just opened up doors and it was just an amazing experience. So 2019, I would say it'd probably be one of the best years of my life. I came home 2023, not 2023, we are in 2023, 2020, the three things that I worked on was we, I went to South Africa for two months, looked for toilet paper the rest of the year, right, because it was 2020, <laughs> and then I wrote a book, so when God says go, so I got to publish that, so 2020, that was just a, a rough year because I felt like all my plans fell apart, I'm sure every single person felt like that, 2021, I actually started least of these ministries, um, I got my TEFL certificate, so then I can be certified to teach overseas, and that's when I started writing my mission book series, Maddie on a Mission, and so the next one, the next slide shows the picture of the scripture, Matthew 25, 40, and it says, And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did to it, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. And so I started my ministry, least of these, because we are no greater than the next person down the road, you know, and that is what Jesus came for. He came for you and he came for me. And so that verse just convicted me so much that the person we have like a not so good thought about or the person we have a comment about, the person that we looked at funny or the person that wasn't wearing the clothes that we're wearing or, you know, or they, they're considered the least of these, but Whatever we do to others, we are doing it right to Christ because he died for them, and he died for you and me. And so that is why I named at least these ministries because what you have— we have in life is just nothing but just Christ, you know, and so Christ redeems, Christ loves, Christ restores, Christ forgives, and every soul we meet, he came for them just as much he came for us. And so it's important that through this scripture we see that whatever we do unto Christ— that we are his hands and feet. And so I'm going to share with you the four outreaches through that that, we, that I did in Thailand. And I want to talk about each of them today. One was the homeless outreach. Two is the Bible studies. Three, building relationships one-on-one. -on -one, and four, teaching in Buddhist schools. And so what is amazing to me about this list is God has shown me his hand and timing and like, everything. And so the homeless outreach, the Bible study, working with one-on-one -on -one and the kids in the school, and how they're really, they're literally all so different, but yet they're all each used to spread the gospel and what I learned from each of them. So I'm going to share that this morning. So one, the homeless outreach is the first thing I saw, although it didn't happen right away. So the homeless outreach didn't happen right away because Everything was banned from COVID still. COVID was so bad. I had, when I arrived in Thailand for the two-week quarantine, I was stuck in a room for 14 days. They would feed you at your door. And I had to, like, fill out a sheet of things I couldn't eat. And I, I'm very highly allergic to fish. And they fed me fish almost every day. So <laughs> I was like, this is crazy. I'm, like, writing on there, I'm allergic to fish. And they're like, okay, here you go. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, okay, you guys want to understand that. Um, but I, I, like, when I got to Thailand, I remember going into the grocery store. And I was begging them to buy a pillow and a towel. Because they're like, you cannot buy it. It's not essential. 
I'm like, it's essential. I just landed. I don't have a, a towel to dry off of, and I have a pillow to sleep on. I'm like, it's essential, you know. So it was crazy. I had, I started, I had to cry. They, they don't do crying, but you know, so I had to cry, and like, and they were like, okay, 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 go through the line, go through the line, <laughs> because like I didn't know how else I was gonna get that. But anyway, but I loved the homeless outreach. It would sometimes take all day, and sometimes just days to prepare, depending on what I was doing. So we did Christmas shirts, we did candy canes. I went to imported stores and found candy canes because I know no one knows about candy canes there. And we had Christmas music and like um, Santa hats and we bought them all red shirts so everyone was fine. I Sometimes we had riots break out. If I brought like clothes and things and people would want this color and people would want that color. So I was like, we're doing all red for Christmas. And it was just such an amazing experience. I did bags filled with food and because they asked one day actually they asked for actual bags because for them to like put stuff in so we did bags um, I did hygiene items full of like toothpaste toothbrush um, uh, soap and what else was in there soap a wash rag just just things that I would put in the bags and tie them up and then they would come and go everyone had a track in their language and so uh, I, I remember going through like the security things on the MRT with like 200 things of toothbrushes and going home on my scooter with all these toothbrushes like what's this white girl doing with all these toothbrushes you know but it was great and I, I had to order the toothpaste and I ordered 500 things of toothpaste and instead 500 meat cutting scissors came in and I was just like I cannot pass these out to the homeless people I'm like <laughs> I'm like white girl is gonna be in trouble there's every stabbing people and like I gotta send these back I was like I ordered toothpaste and so yeah that was crazy and so um, sent those back not giving those out but then I also there's a little girl on there uh, we we're passing out bags and then the farmers, there was one with the farmers I heard on Facebook. They were saying how there was all these farmers that were up from their um, elderly, they were up from the jungles, they were trying to get their debt erased, and they were camping out here. So I went and brought food to them and, and supplies and, and tracks and things. So um, it was really good to, to be able to see them there as well. So towards the end, though, this is another reason why I knew God was calling me home um, from Thailand, because he's just started closing doors when I was about ready to leave. One of the biggest outreaches with the bags, the police came up to me and told me um, that I could no longer be on the streets anymore, passing out food or passing out tracks. They were very kind to me, thankfully, because I'm just like, you know, I know I stick out like a sore thumb there, but they were just saying they just wanted, they're going to, bring the homeless people up north. They're going to transport them and just have them leave. And like you can see when I would get out there, I mean, I would just step out of the car and they would just swarm. It was insane. And sometimes it was a little overwhelming. Sometimes riots would break out. But then, but then thankfully they just started getting in line. You know, they just, they just figured out what to do and they'd get in line and uh, we'd be able to feed them. But the last outreach I went around 630 um, because the police go home after 6.30 just so then I could tell them goodbye and give them more food. So, um, and there was just a few people. Not everyone was out there, you know, but <laughs> it, was, it was just a, a great time. And I just thank this church so much for supporting me to be able to do this outreach um, for these people. They all got tracks. So the one thing, I think there's a picture on there. Um, I wanted to get these people Bibles. Well, one, they actually, what, what, Katie? 
A track is a, a little book that is, uh, that is in their language that actually tells them about the salvation story. So the track that I would pass out actually was like, it was a, a little comic book strip story. So then it would have pictures. So it was very interesting and very um, interactive, you know. So it was a really good track that I used. But then later on, I wanted to get them Bibles, but Thai people don't read. Elderly Thai people don't read because one, it's a really hard language. <laughs> they can't even read their own language. Um, but you know, and they're and they're getting old. So I was just like, what? What can I do for them? And so then I came up with this scan thing. Everyone in Thailand has phones. Phones are so cheap, guys. We're getting ripped off here. We really are. We just go to Thailand, get phones, and come back. Because seriously, I paid $50 a month for uh, $50 for six months of 5G internet, unlimited. Yeah, they're ripping us off. They really are. They could do it for free. But anyway, these people get phones there. And so I got these scanners and made QR codes for them to scan these for Apple or Android if they have a Google Play. And it'll pop right up a Thai Bible and it would read it to them in English or Thai. And so then on, on the scripture, there's always a scripture on the front um, and there's always different scriptures or it would be like, Jesus loves you. There's hope in Jesus, you know, and things like that. And so um, I just, they loved it. You know, they were just, they thought that was the coolest thing. So I loved it. And there's the, the sign there that says, Jesus loves you, a hand free, there is hope. I was like, I know Katie knows these. Mi Kwam Nang, which is there is hope as well. So that was the homeless outreach. And so number two was the Bible study. I wanted to start a Bible study. But a lot of times in ministry, it needs to be more like the other person's idea. For the, you know, you can't just be like, hey, come to this Bible study. I'm starting it. You know, so I'm praying like, God, how am I going to start this Bible study? I just feel like he really wanted me to. So I remember... That night, I was praying to start this Bible study, and I wanted to reach the women that I taught school with. And so I was a school teacher, um, and so I was like, when am I, how do I reach these women? None of them are Christian. And so the next day at lunch, my friend Sipe was like, you know, I wish there was just like a Bible study we could go to just like once a week, you know? And I was just like, oh! I was like, that's the coolest thing because I'm actually going to be starting one next week. And she's like, you are? I'm like, I am. I'm like, can you believe that? And so actually it just was the two of us. We started a Bible study and then it grew to like five or six, seven women sometimes. And so it was just the coolest thing um, getting to have them come around and they're all from different cultures and all from different backgrounds raised so differently and so you know and so when I was leaving they actually all left around the same time they left a month before me but I had they go to they left to Hong Kong New Zealand Vietnam UK and South Africa so we all just split up and I went back to America but it's definitely interesting hearing and seeing different cultures and backgrounds. But what amazes me is that God's word is literally for every single person. And every single person can apply it around the world to their life. That's how cool God is. Like when you go to different cultures, you know, like we're really, we're really raised as Americans, our way's right and no one else's. But like when you're there, you, you know, you really have to have... You're just like amazed how God's word just applies to every single soul. And so sometimes it was really difficult because sometimes they'd be like, well, I only believe in half the Bible. You know, like right in the middle of my Bible study. I'm like, ah, don't say that. I'm like, you know, I'm like, you can't be saying that. You know, I was like, Lord, what am I supposed to do? You know, and so I'm like, okay, well, what do you don't believe? You know, well, how can you get 
all those animals on that little teeny tiny little ark. I'm like, okay, well, first of all, it wasn't that teeny tiny little, you know? And so they're like, okay. So, you know, you have to really just explain things to them. And so I really had to stress, and this is what really helped me, what God was teaching me, is it's not what I believe, it's what the Bible says. You know, it's not what fits the mold of Morgan Malden. It's what Jesus came to do. And Jesus came to love. Jesus came to heal. And Jesus came to show the truth and the life that he is the way. So it was really an amazing experience for me to, to learn and grow that and having a Bible study with so many different women that Jesus came for everyone, you know, and we're not all going to think the same. That's good. That's okay. Because, you know, we all, we're all made different, but we're all made in the image of Christ. And so the third thing is the one-on-one -on -one ministry that God puts in front of you that no one knows about, you know. And so this is a ministry that you can't be posting, ministered to this person today. You know, it's really behind the scenes. And no one needs to know about because you have to earn their, their trust, you know. And so... There's a lot of that. I'm sure Pastor Tom can relate to that. You know, in the ministry, there's just a lot of behind the scenes. But I'm going to share with you just like one personal story that I went through in Thailand. And I think it's on there. It's something about kindness or something. Is there, is there like a quote that I put on there? Yeah. I was like, I don't know. It says, everyone you meet is fighting a battle you know nothing about. Be kind always. And that really, that quote really ministers to me because we don't know what people are going through. You know, thank the Lord you showed up to church today because we don't know what your week was like, you know. And so a little bit about my life is just because a year ago, over a year ago now, I was driving my scooter and the Lord told me out of nowhere that I was going to adopt a little Thai baby. Now, in Thailand, you cannot adopt unless you're married. So I'm like, why did I have that thought in my mind that I would adopt a, a, a Thai baby? I mean, that would be a dream for me. I would love to, to have a Thai baby. And so a month and a half later, um, one of my friends called me, one of my close friends, and she was pregnant. And after being on the phone with her for a couple hours, she asked me if I would still be her friend if she would abort the baby. And... I told her, yes, I would still be her friend, you know, and she asked me then if I would go with her. And I'm like, oh, Lord, <laughs> like, this is so hard. And so I told her, yes, I would go with her, but I said, please just consider this. If you will have the baby, I will adopt your baby for you, and I will raise the baby in America if you will keep your baby. And so through a lot of thought process and things. She agreed to that. We met a lawyer. Um, we had the papers written up that when she had the baby, it would be my baby. She would know that it would be, her, you know, that would be her mom, but that I would, I just had to pay for all the doctor visits like it was mine. And when it was born, it would just be put in my name. It was all legal. And so she agreed to that. And like a month or two months later, she lost the baby. So <laughs> it was just really hard to go through that. And, you know, but then I think in the future, I'll get to see that baby in heaven, you know. And so that baby did get to go see Jesus, you know. And so, and I, my friend, she is still Buddhist. She knows everything about the Lord. 
what really opened up that time with her was she wanted to word she wanted to read the word of god she wanted to pray she was searching you know because she was going through such a hard time but it was so hard for me because i felt like i lost something you know that i never got but i think the lord the baby's in heaven and i still have a wonderful relationship with this girl and i just pray one day she'll get saved you know she knows she knows but she doesn't want to be the black sheep in the buddhist family and so we're going to still pray for her, you know, but just be there for people. Be there for people one-on-one -on -one because unexpected things happen out of nowhere. And people need you to call on them. People need you there to pray for them, you know. And the next, the next outreach I did was for is my school. And so teaching, actually, I don't have a picture of her on the screen, but I'm going to start off with Destiny was a girl I met in 2020 about mission work in Kentucky. I drove to Kentucky and talked to her. Three years later, she came to Bangkok with her husband and was doing missionary training. And I was already been on the field, and I was leaving at that time. <laughs> so, I mean, like, we just met and we're leaving. So I just thought that was the coolest thing. I was like a full circle. But um, it was just she asked me one day in the taxi, she's like, Morgan, what is your biggest accomplishment? And I'm like, immediately without question, I turned to her in the taxi, and I was like, it was my kids. My students, I loved them so much that they were, I, I looked at it as a job, you know, just to get through the day. But really, <laughs> they were what ministered to me, you know, and they were my biggest ministry there, were my kids. And I had no idea how much they meant to me before I left. I mean, I loved them already, and I got to move up with them. I taught them in K-1. I taught them in K-2. And in Thailand, they start kindergarten at two and a half years old. So when I, as an American, I'm thinking I'm getting six-year-olds. And I walk in the school, and I see little Millie. And I went, oh, you're a baby. <laughs> I was like, I can't believe I'm going to be teaching you. And I had 20 of them. 20 little kids and so I taught them for a year and eight months and so and I moved so I moved up with them and I just loved every minute with them so I'm going to name the students pretty quickly so we can go through the list but I'll so you put faces with the names so I don't actually have my name list here so I'll let you just go in a, a circle there's Aline, Preem, she was bad, <laughs> Calhoun, Sweet Smell, her, her name means Sweet Smell, she still FaceTimes me. MJ Morjai. Sachi, full of joy in Japanese. She still FaceTimes me. She was so cute. Namwan, which means sweet water. She stole snacks, though. She stole them. She'll be drinking someone's chocolate milk. And I'll be like, oh, I got to run to the store. Anpan. Mark. I don't know what he's doing there. Thailand. Tepe. Ace. Sanuk, funny. He was not funny. Pimjai. <laughs> what, what parent would name your kid funny, you know? Proud. Millie. Fun, fun, which means teeth. <laughs> they name your child teeth. Poon. His name is Poonapat. Iwa. Charles, which they can't say ours in Thailand, so then they ended up naming him Chang, which is elephant. Greatest, not so great. That boy, that boy, whoo, about lost my salvation over that one. <laughs> but, <laughs> but we all love Greatest. He knew I loved him. But one day, one day, he was so bad. I mean, he, 
he knows he can, he's very smart, but he, he would just, he took a pencil one day and just went, pff, right in someone's eye. So he was bad. He could be bad. So I took him by the feet and I dragged him to teacher Oz's office and let him sit there for two hours. Cause I, I was like, you are in detention. Whew, there's my little pirates. So at the end of the year, we did a big pirate dance. They did so good. I felt like a theater mom and like they danced and sang their heart out. It was just the cutest thing. Oh, I miss them so much. I think the next slide there should be like baby chicks. Uh, I did like farming. And so teacher Morgan brought baby chicks to school. That was crazy, but they loved it. And so there we got to hold baby chicks. Thankfully, none of them died. So I did good. But baby chicks, I don't know if there's any more pictures or not. I'm not sure. But uh, oh, there's my teacher. Okay, so there's my students, 20 of them. And then my teacher, Nee. Teacher Nee was the only um, teacher in school that was Muslim and so the really neat thing about this was is that bless her heart because she's Muslim and not Buddhist she was like a misfit in school she was an outcast so no one wanted to work with her so her and I worked really well together but because she's Muslim she doesn't agree with praying to Buddha so every morning our students didn't go down to pray to Buddha every morning. And so here I thought the first day of school when she was in my classroom, she laid out a blanket and was praying to Allah in the middle of my teaching. And I was like, oh, Lord Jesus. I'm like, we cannot have this. And so um, I just, the kids are like, what are they doing? I'm like, all eyes on me. I was like, I'm going to pray right now. And so like, I, I just didn't know how to handle that. I was not expecting that in my classroom. And so um, the, after that, she did not do that anymore. I think someone told on her but um <laughs> it wasn't me but um thankfully she went downstairs for that but it was also a really big blessing in disguise because i didn't have to bring my kids down every morning to pray to buddha so i just thank the lord that he works everything out for his good you know and so thank god for that she was a great person to work with but um but when i went to thailand <sighs> i came and i loved and it just it just broke me you know i actually worked 12 hours a day uh, I left at 7, before 7 a.m. every morning, and most nights I'd get home around 8 p.m. So I was with the kids all day till from, from 7.30, because of the traffic, 7.30 till about 4.30 or 5 every day. I was with those kids, so I just felt like they were just mine. Some of them stayed till 6.30, so I would have them really late. And then after that, I would go and tutor a couple. But I just, I love teacher life. It was my norm. I adapted really well to it. But the one thing that I really had to cut out, though, was writing. And that's why when I started a blog in 2019, I had a lot more time writing. And, in, and as you can see, I did not. <laughs> I was gone. It took me everything. Sometimes I would wake up at 3 a.m. I just fell asleep on my bed. I'm like, oops, with my school uniform on. You know, it was, just, it was exhausting. But um, I'm not complaining least bit. I'm just sharing. That was just my life every day. I absolutely love teaching my students, and I believe it was the greatest thing that I've ever done. You know, and through the eyes of many, I know it doesn't look like much, but I pray the Lord touched people, seeds were planted, and leaving the field, Yes, sometimes you really do feel like a big failure. You know, it's hard, but it's not done out of I quit. It's done out of obedience. And sometimes it's so hard. It's like, God, why would you call me back? You know, but God calls us to under, God, you know, the, uh, there's this quote that says, God doesn't call us to understand. He calls us to obey, you know, and as Christians, I pray we each try to listen and live our lives as God speaks, you know. And so sometimes the emotions are just like so unreal, you know, or unbearable. And I never once 
question God though, because I know he, he's given me so much peace. And actually I asked the Lord when I was leaving, I said, I need your peace through this. And he brought me back to a devotion that I wrote and I put it in my book in this one right here. And so I'm going to read a little bit to you guys. And it says, um, he comes where he commands us to leave. If you stayed home when God told you to go because you were so concerned about your own people there, then you actually robbed them of the teaching of Jesus Christ himself. When you obeyed, no doubt that he teaches where he instructs us to go. He works where he sends us to wait. You know, and then that peace came and I realized wherever God sends you, he has a plan and a purpose for every person that you're going to encounter or you're going to reach. And so... Um, I don't have spectacular stories like I would go to mission conferences when I was little and I was amazed at like everything they were telling me. I, don't, I didn't live a life like that. But I will say that God protected me through every situation I was in. And he was moving in people's hearts and lives when I was there, connecting the dots one by one, just leading them to Christ and leading him where he wants me to be. So today... You're going to get the, you got the good, the bad, and the ugly, <laughs> what I was sharing with you. But the next thing I'm going to show you is my sickness. I put this on here because I know that you guys, some of you saw it on Facebook. Um, and thank you for praying for me. I, on New Year's Day, I just blacked out. I was just so dizzy. I didn't know what was, un I didn't know what was wrong. I, I ended up at the ER, I, I, you know, and then I blacked out, woke up in a bed. And I'm like, okay, where am I at? And I had found out it was cervical vertigo and my ear crystals, which I never even heard of. It sounds crazy, but it's a thing. And they untouched. I hit my head too many times. I need a helmet. But, <laughs> but like, um, and so that's what it was. So I was out of school for three weeks. I couldn't drive. It was crazy. And the funny thing is, the day before, on my way to a different doctor's appointment, trying to figure out what's wrong with me, I got hit on my, with, on my scooter because someone was impatient. So that made my head go forward again. But, um, but I just thank you guys for praying for me. My vertigo has been better. The past two weeks ago, I had another flare-up, and it was really bad. And I'm just like, Lord, just take this away from me. You know, I don't know how to get rid of it, but um, I just thank the Lord. It's nothing serious, and I'm okay. But the next slides I'm going to share with you is um, just some things. Look at that market. That you would walk, you literally have to walk like this when you're walking in Thailand. You just have to like sway side to side. And there I am with a Coke. I'm on a taxi. And you can see they give it to you in a bag so you can carry it. Um, their food in Thailand is like never covered. You can see it's just like out in the open. So they have like flies and things. And it's just meat. It sits there all day. I don't know how these people are alive, really. Like <laughs> I told them sometimes like my friends will take raw food and like just dip it in boiling water and then eat it. And I'm like, I'm American. I can't do that. And I was just like, <laughs> I was like, I like my, I do, I'm Cajun. I like my food black. I really do. I like it burnt. I want that, that french fry to not move. I want the bacon to not move. Like I'm, I'm like that. So the Lord really had helped me get over that. I'd be like, Lord, just let it go in and not come out. You know, cause like, I just, I'm just like, Ooh, it just scares me, you know, but uh, I've been food poisoned too many times. I know Katie, <laughs> but we still eat it, don't we, Katie? Because <laughs> it was good. But, um, and so then there's like those little trays that they do. There is my, one of my favorite um, foods. It was like cow, what is that one, Katie? Cow mung? I think it was like cow mung. Yeah. 
it just like slipped my boiled eggs. It's not Kai Pelo. Kai Pelo is one of my favorites. It's almost like that, but it's not as soupy. I think it's like Kao Mung something. I, I'm really bad. I can't really remember. And then there's guava. The funny thing about the guava in the middle is it's called farang, which farang means foreigner, white people. <laughs> so then, like, whenever you're eating it, the type of people are like, ha, farang, gin farang. Like, here, a foreigner's eating a foreigner, you know? So they really think that's funny. And then you can see there my laundry basket. I had to walk quite a ways to do my laundry every week. So I was like, I carried that basket one day, walking, and then, like, I dropped it, and I just, like, skidded my whole leg, and I lost all my skin on it. So I was like, I need to make something. So I, like, made a little portable thing. But those are things you just, you know, everyday things that you don't think of that we had to do when we were in Thailand. The next thing, I don't know if there's anything else. Oh, that was Tippy and Tepe. I need to call them soon. Tippy and Tepe were little kids that I tutored after school. I taught Tippy how to read, and I was teaching Tepe how to read when I was leaving, but... Oh, that was such a good family. I, they, they were so sweet. I got to share with them the gospel. I don't know how they took it. They were just like, oh, okay. <laughs> and, but, uh, but they still let me teach their kids, which was I was so thankful for. But such a good, good family. They really helped me a lot. Next slide. Okay, there's Ratara Chuan Cho Mansion. Do you see, Katie? They painted it blue. Yeah, they, re -up they updated it. <laughs> but there's my little room there, and then the office and my scooter. Guys, I loved my scooter. My next one, there's a lot of pictures of me with my scooter. I just want to say thank you guys so much for blessing me with this scooter. So what, what was crazy is my old scooter was just like falling apart, and I really needed a new one. But I felt guilty for even asking to raise money for a new one because I was like, it's for me driving it. Out of nowhere, Pastor Tom messages me and says, our church will give you $1,000 if you raise the other 1000 for the scooter and I just cried. I was like, God hears everything and he knows everything. So to me, it was more than a scooter to me. It was just like, it just showed me that God provides everything you need and every little thing that you think is materialistic. He cares, he cares about that. And so I made it bright coral because one, I wanted people to see me. <laughs> So they were like, what is that? So they could see me all over the road. Because, like, if you get a tan or a silver or white, they blend so much. I'm letting people know I'm coming. Like, so <laughs> I wanted to be bright. So, and then the next thing, um, when I was leaving Thailand, I had a ton of Christian material, a ton. And I will tell you, the people that you meet, I went to this one church, met two people, and God used those two people in my life later on. And this girl right here was moving up to Shanghai to start an English school. And she told me about that, but then I just forgot. And when I was praying, I'm like, God, what am I going to do with all these materials? I was like, I want them to further the gospel. I don't want them to be used, just thrown away. And God put her face in my mind, and I was like, I can mail them to Hannah. So I messaged Hannah for her address, and I mailed it to her, and she said she opened it, and she cried, and she said, Morgan, we're opening our school in three days, and we have nothing. And she's like, I prayed for Christian materials, Christian materials you cannot get in Thailand. And she goes, and you literally blessed us with two big boxes of just Christian materials. And I just cried. I'm just like, God uses everything and everyone. So the materials that I overpacked with <laughs> and brought a lot of things with to do is still furthering the gospel there. So I just thank God for that. It was just amazing. And so Hannah has a Christian school up in Shanghai. She has a wonderful job. Keep praying for those people to know about Jesus. 
The next slide is Maddie on a mission, and that's me in a tuk-tuk. And that's what Mr. J. Johnson, I know some of you have said you know him. He illustrated my book for free because he wanted to bless the ministry and the work in Thailand. And so it, he just blessed me so much with that. And so there I am. And then Maddie, you see Pastor Tom there? <laughs> came and support me at our book signing and so this book I will say is just a miracle in itself um, when I got it done China decided uh, after I already paid them you know for them to ship it to me they got they gave me a sample said it was good to go they emailed me back and said I'm sorry the Chinese government decided not to publish your book or print your book because it is very offensive and I was like, what? I was like, but I paid you for it. You know, I was like, you guys print everything in China. You know, everything comes from China. And they're like, yeah, but the Thai government, the, the Chinese government found it very offensive. Well, it's because I share about Jesus in the book. And I'm like, I only ordered 600 books. It's, I'm a small person. How can this flag the government? So, you know, me panicking like normal, um, you know, I just started praying, like, Lord, just make a way for this book. I already gave them all this money. They already said it was good to go. They have it. I don't know how else to get this book. Um, the lady decided to print it on her personal printer for samples, 600 books, and she mailed them to me herself. So, <laughs> like, to me, I'm just like, I can't believe I have these books. So when I got these books, I just cried because I'm like, it's a miracle that they even were printed, you know. So I just think God showed me through all of that. And so that they're here. And so today I got to read a little bit with the kids. And I looked at Katie and I was like, I actually never read my book out loud. <laughs> To anyone yet, because I'm a very shy person. And so I was just like, this is my first time. And I was just like, okay. But there's a first time for everything. So it was great. So I'm glad Pastor Tom just really supports me. And that he came and bought books for all the kids and everything like that. And so I just have to say this morning, I want to close with a scripture. I always read this scripture. If I can get my book Bible open. And it's one of my favorite scriptures that I that I really love. And it's Acts 26, verse 16 through 18. It says, But rise and stand upon your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to appoint you as a servant and a witness to the things in which you have seen me and to those which I will appear to you, delivering you from your people and from the Gentiles to whom I am sending to you to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. And so this scripture right here is just so powerful to me because I'm thinking that is what God has called us to do to just rise up, stand upon our feet. We have a purpose in this life, and it's so that people can receive forgiveness from their sins and have faith and, and love through Christ Jesus. And so I just want to encourage you guys today that while you're here in America, you have supported me so much in Thailand that I could not have shared the gospel if it were not for your church. Your church supported me every month faithfully. I had so many churches tell me that they would... They would support me, and I not receive a dime. And your church was so faithful, and I was able to feed those people. And just just think of all those hundreds of people every month that we, you got to put tracks in. That was you guys. You know, you're in Thailand too. And so that's why I wanted to come here this morning to share that, that you're outside these walls too, you know. And, and you're outside these walls more than you think, you know, just sharing the love and 
about Jesus. That's what it's all about. So I just wanted to share that. And thank you guys so much for supporting me. Um, I don't know what God has for me in the future. I don't. I know that I'm going to be continuing writing children's books. But, you know, as the Lord continues and he'll lead and guide me what least of these ministries will be. But so I just thank you guys for listening to me this morning and supporting me. So thank you.